Hi guys, welcome again to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's kind of podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, and where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. You can find the podcast on YouTube, uh, but you can also find it anywhere that you can get your podcast. So we're so thankful that you guys are here, and we're so thankful that you found the podcast today. All right, so let's get into this one. Right, this is this is going to be uh, this is going to be a good one here. I can already I can already tell um, uh, because. Let me introduce it this way, okay, so you'll understand. Um, I had a conversation with a friend of mine, a new friend of mine, actually, and uh, he reached out, and uh, he's a he's about to be a preacher student, and he had he basically had some questions, and he wanted to ask for uh, kind of some advice on some things, and so basically, it was weird, but it was great at the same time, because basically, it almost felt like. I was talking to, it almost felt like I was talking to me four years ago, right? It really does feel like that. So basically it was like talking to, talking to yourself in the same spot you were a few years ago. And he just, he wanted to ask for some advice. And so most of the conversation, right? It was great conversation, right? Spoke for a couple hours on the phone. Um, But most of the conversation was basically me listening, you know, to the things that, you know, uh, that he had to say. We opened up our Bibles together, right? We looked at a couple things and we looked at some verses um, and it was a great conversation and, and you know, hopefully we'll continue to have some more. Uh, but after the conversation was over, as great as it was, I realized one thing, y'all, <laughs> I'm sitting there and after the conversation's over, maybe maybe a couple of days after, I'm sitting there and I realized most of that conversation with him, a lot of it was saying, okay, look, man, I was wrong here. I didn't do this right. I failed at this. I'm still not good at this. I'm still getting this wrong. And this is four or five years removed from school, right? And so I'm just sitting there. I'm just like, yo, I failed a lot. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I failed and I got things wrong a lot, you know? And it was kind of humbling. But at the same time, I was like, man, I just, I got a lot of things wrong. Right. And, and this is what we're going to entitle the podcast today as we introduce this a little bit more. But we're going to entitle it, man. I'm a I'm a failure. Right? I'm a failure. Well, well, sometimes here's the thing about life sometimes is we want to get things right so bad with whatever it is. Um, you know, sometimes you might have good intentions with things and sometimes they fail. Right. Sometimes you might you might do um, and be the right person, but sometimes things still might fail. Right. You might put in the work, you know, in life, but sometimes life still finds its way, you know, to spit you right back up as if you didn't put any work in. And so what is this what does this mean for us? How can we learn as we keep failing over and over and over? You see, it's it's different when, um, you know, things, you know, somewhat work out. But some of you might be able to relate to this is you might be in a position where, you know, you might look back you know, a couple years, you might even look back somewhat recently and you might just look back and say, man, I just haven't gotten things right. You know, lately I just haven't gotten things right the way that I needed to get them right. And so today what I hope to do is I hope that we can kind of find some answers kind of as we study today to see how can we, how can we learn from these things? How can we not keep failing? You know, how can we keep getting things right? How can we do things right? And so here's a prereq before we get into this. So 
here's two things. So number one, all of these things that I'm about to mention, I failed at all of these things with God and I failed at all these things with people too. So it's, it's dual sided, right? So I want you to understand that as we move forward. But then number two, here's something else that I want you to understand too, as we, as we keep going. In order to get better from failure, we can't think that everything always has to be perfect. Because if, if we have that mindset, you know, before we do or get into anything, well, it, you know, it has to work. Right? It has to be perfect. It has to be. We've already failed. So one thing I told that young man is, you know, one thing he kept saying was, I just don't want to blow it. You know, I just don't want to mess it up. I just don't want to I just don't want to not get it right. I said, you know, that's almost like a defeating mindset. You know, you're putting so much pressure on yourself before, you know, before something happens. And then when it actually does blow up, then, you know, you'll say, well, I knew this wasn't going to work or I knew it wasn't because from the jump, you already had that mindset that it is going to blow up. So whatever you're getting into school, right, uh, preaching, right, relationships, whatever it is, if you already have this mindset that whatever you're going to get into it's like a ticking time bomb and basically you're waiting for the moment and you're waiting for the day that it's going to blow up when it does blow up. It won't surprise you because that's what you thought it was going to do anyway. So moving forward, understanding these two things that I failed at both of these with God and with people. But then number two, it's important to understand that before we get into this to get better, we have to understand, okay, we're going to fail, but we can keep, we can keep getting better. Okay. So let's, let's kind of stop this defeating mindset. All right. So let, let's get into this first one here. So man, guys, I'm, I'm a failure, right? I'm a failure. So what have I failed at? Number one, number one, I failed at being the right type of person. I failed at being the right type of person. So when I was talking with, with, uh, this friend of mine, I told him that I don't know where this came from. And maybe you guys can relate to this too, but I felt like I always had to like figure things out. You know, I felt like I always had to prove something, you know, maybe, you know, maybe I felt like I had to figure things out in order to prove, well, that's what a real man does, right? A real man just has all the answers. A real man figures it out. A real man, no matter what problem comes up into his life, a real man's able to figure it out, right? Maybe, maybe I did this to prove that, Hey, I'm independent. So, yeah, I'll figure things out. I don't care how bad it gets. I don't want anybody's help. I don't care how bad it gets. I want to prove to whoever it is or maybe even to myself. I want to prove that I'm independent and I want to prove that I'm competent enough to do it without anybody else. Maybe that was it. I don't know. But either way, no matter what the reason was, and it's hard even for myself, it's even hard to kind of pinpoint it. Um, but inadvertently what this did this kind of increased it increased ego but it also decreased my trust and it decreased my reliance on god and that's something that um, i want you guys to learn from my mistake so quickly here's a quick example so in luke 15 luke 15 and verse number 12 and again if you're new to the podcast you know we love to open up our bibles here so you can go back and kind of fact check some things here okay so Luke 15, obviously the prodigal son, but as we read verse, verse number 12, the Bible says, and the younger of them said to his father, father, give me the portion of the goods that fall to me. And he divided them 
among his living. So as we talk about this, here's four things. If you're kind of following along with me or, or taking a ride or whatever it is, here's a couple things that's important to understand about Luke 15, 12, about this young man that this is what I was too. The young man, number one, he was very impulsive. So notice he didn't see the big picture of things. What the young man saw, he saw what he could get right now. So that's something that hurts a lot of us, especially as we're growing up and even in our college years and post-college years. What happens is we don't see sometimes the big picture of things, but we see what we can get right now in terms of money, in terms of jobs, whatever it is. So the young man here was very, very impulsive because he said, well, just give me my money now. But here was his mistake. His mistake was if his father, hypothetically speaking, we don't know this from the text, but let's say his father had a nice business. So obviously he had servants and things, so he had some type of money. So let's say he had a nice business. Did you know that if he waited and he and he let the business run, that when his father did pass away, he would have gotten more for him and his family? But because he was so impatient and wouldn't let that money grow, what do you want? Well, just give it to me now. I'll just take it out. You know, here's the thing about being impulsive about decisions. When you when you make decisions impulsively, meaning I, I'm going to make this big decision just so I can get out of this situation. I'm going to make this big decision so I won't be here anymore. I want to make this big decision so I can do this now. That's all fine and well to want better for yourself. But don't make a big mistake just to get out of a, a a smaller situation. So in the in the big picture of things, the thing that's so big right now, it's small in the big scheme of things. So he said, you know what? I'm tired of being where I'm at right now. So just give me my money right now because I know you have some and let me go. Then number two, the young man was also impatient. So the money was actually supposed to be given to the sons after the father died. So basically, he was impatient because he wanted to start his life early. So you know what? I know that I'm supposed to wait until your death, but you know what? I'm just going to be disrespectful and just ask for it now, which is not the way that things were supposed to be run. So he was impulsive. The young man was impatient. But then number three, the young man was unwise. So when he got what he wanted, he got it and he used the money wrongfully. See, it's one thing to get the money. And then maybe invest it, maybe save it, maybe pay some things off, maybe, uh, you know, set some goals for some other things. But he took it and he spent it wrongfully. Then number four, here's the last thing this young man did. But the young man, here's what always happens. So he was impatient, he was impulsive, and he was unwise. But the young man finally came back down to earth. See, here's the thing that I want you, I want everyone here to understand. When we're impatient about our lives, when we're impulsive about our lives, and when we're unwise about our lives, here's the thing, two things 100% that's going to happen. When you're those three things, number one, you will have a good time. Okay, I will, I can almost guarantee that when you're impatient, impulsive, and unwise for a, for a certain amount of time, whether that's six months, whether that's a year, whether that's a couple years, no matter what it is, you will have a great time. But that great time, 
at some point, it's it's like a balloon, right? It'll fly high. It'll fly high, but at some point, because the altitude is so high, it's going to come back down to earth. And so the young man here, he had his fun. He had his fun for a time, but he always he came back down. And the text says that he came to himself, right? Verse number 17. And so as I was talking to this young man and and young ladies and ladies in general, not necessarily young ladies, but just ladies and men in general, all of us can relate to this. And so I told the young man specifically, I said, hey, man, listen, this was me, you know, impulsive, impatient, unwise. Learn from my mistakes. Well, how do we how do we learn from being this right now? So you won't you won't have to go through the school of hard knocks like I did right now. Be humble. Don't be impatient. Don't be unwise. Don't be impulsive. Be humble. Be humble. Always willing to willing, uh, always be willing to learn. And so I want you guys to look at this. Look at Isaiah chapter 50. Isaiah chapter 50. And uh, we're going to jump to a couple of verses here, though. Um, but Isaiah chapter 50, and I think we're going to start in verse number four, if I'm not mistaken. Make sure I have the right text here. Yeah. Isaiah chapter 50, uh, starting in verse four. So I want you to notice what God did for Isaiah. So let's start in verse four. The Lord has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. So let's make some quick applications so we can understand what's going on. So this is, this is miraculous. So God is giving Isaiah the tongue of the learned, right? So he's giving Isaiah what to say. So God doesn't do that today. So how does God do that? So in order for me to help other people, what must I do? I have to let God teach me. See, college folks, young folks, and specifically young folks for sure, um, I want you to listen to this. But everyone else, I want you to listen to this too. I don't care what age you are. You always have to be willing to humble yourself and submit yourself under learning. Okay, that was a lesson that I, I got late, but you need to always be able to submit yourself to learning. See, here was here was my mindset and here was my thought process. And I'm just being 100 percent honest with you. Right. My thought process was, well, and again, I'm not saying that this is wrong, but this is what I thought this was. This is how it was supposed to be. Just this alone. OK, so let me preface by saying this is what I thought that we were supposed to do. Just this. That's it. Nothing else. So in my mind, I thought, well, as you grow up, whether you're a teenager, whether you're college, whether you're, um, you know, an adult, the more that you hang out and hang around people that are that same age, then the better you're going to be. That's it. That's all you got to do. Well, am I saying that we shouldn't do that? No, because we should. But I'm saying that's not it solely. So what that ended up doing for me, that that ended up almost, I know this is not a word, but I'm, I'm going to make it up, all right? <laughs> it almost ended up kind of dematuring me, if that makes sense. Because think about it. Yes, you are there with people that are your age. You are there with people that are struggling with the same things you are. You are there with people that understand the things that you're going through. And that's all positives. But here's the one negative is y'all are all struggling. 
So if we're all struggling at the same age, how am I going to help you? How are you going to help me? Yes, we can encourage each other to keep moving forward. We can encourage each other, don't quit. We can encourage each other, hey, keep going. And we should do that. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't. So let's not get extreme here, right? I got to be careful. And I'm going to speak very, very slow. Because sometimes people can misinterpret what you're saying. So I'm not saying we shouldn't do these things. But I am saying if we're all struggling and if we're all the same age, why are we looking to each other for answers? Instead, why don't all of us as a group go study with other people that are older that's been where we are rather than us trying to figure it out? See, that that was my problem. That was my problem. And so look at what look at what he said here. He says, so God taught me through the word of God. He taught me how to be learned, how to be wise. So now when someone needs help, verse number four, I know what I need to say to every man that is weary in his season. And he said, he waketh up morning by morning and he wakes up my ear as to learn. So not only will the word of God help you mentally, the word of God will help you to help other people. Then jump down to verse number five. The Lord God, he opened up my ear and watch this. So when the Lord opened up my ear, instead of being impulsive, instead of being impatient, instead of being unwise, when the Lord opened up my ear to the words, he said, I was not rebellious and I didn't turn my back away. See, here's, here's where this gets us young folks specifically. Okay. Young folk, please, please, if you don't listen to anything else, hear this. Sometimes we turn away our backs from people that are older than us because it's not fun. We turn away our backs from people that are older than us because, well, they don't, they don't like the same stuff as I do. Whatever, whatever the reason is, sometimes instead of talking to those older folks, we turn our backs and just spend all of our time. Again, I'm prefacing it and I'm speaking slow, not saying that we shouldn't do these things. Okay, but I'm saying that shouldn't be the sole thing that we get all of our knowledge from. So you're going to find out if you're going to stay down this path, you're going to find out that you're almost you're not maturing in the way that you need to because we need to start talking to some, to some older folks. Am I saying that we can't hang out and do stuff? Yeah, for sure. We should. But at the same time, when we talk about wisdom, let's go talk to somebody that's been here. Let's go talk to somebody who knows what they're talking about. Let's go talk to somebody that's older and that's that what Titus 2 mentions who's actually been through these things. Let's go talk to them. Let's go study with them. Let's go do that. But notice, if we don't do these things, what does God call us? Verse 5, rebellious and we turned our backs. Look at verse 7. So if we do these things, right, so and when the word of God is open from older people, when the word of God is open from those who know knowledge, verse number seven, the Lord will help me. Therefore, I'm not going to be confused and I won't be confounded anymore. You guys ever have a conversation with somebody and you left the conversation more confused than you were before? He says here, if you listen to the words, if you listen to those who know the words, when you leave, Number one, you understand, man, I've been helped today. Number two, you'll understand I'm not confused anymore. 
Then, therefore, I've set my face like flint, and I know I shall not be ashamed. I know where to go from here. I know where to move on from this point forward. I know where to go. Then look at verse number 10. Then he says, who is among you that fears the Lord and obeys the voice of his servant, that walketh in darkness and hath no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. See, when we talk about this, Isaiah was different than the young man in Luke 15. Isaiah was ready to receive what the Lord had for him so he can help others. The young man at first, he wanted to get what he could get out of something, but he learned. But notice, he took the long way. You see, the young man, he went high. See, here's the thing. It's, it's almost like, uh, imagine like two balloons, right? And so you have one that has like, you know, uh, like a nitro boost in it, right? Because they just want to get high real quick. So just give me everything I want now. So they'll go, they'll just zoom past everybody. But then they'll come down and their fall is going to be harder because they went up so fast. But then you have the other balloon who instead of going as fast as everybody else is, the other balloon takes his time to get blown up, takes his time to get a, a tie on, takes his time to get a direction, and is let go slowly. And so now Isaiah was that slower balloon. Isaiah said, well, the Lord, I took time while y'all was over here doing what y'all wanted to do. While y'all's over here having fun and doing what you want, while y'all's over here having fun and doing everything, I took some time and sat my behind down and I took some time for somebody to teach me. I took time for someone to, so, to, so I can listen to someone else. I took time, you know, not to be rebellious. And so now I got the help I needed but you went farther so fast and you're just getting started. So do you understand how all of us at some point in time, we can, we can fail that way. And I told him, Hey man, look, I failed in that way. I, I 100% failed in that way. But Isaiah, from this example, this is a man that God can use young women, young ladies, uh, young men, older men. This is the type of, of people that we need to be. Instead of being so impulsive and, and unwise and impatient, take some time to listen. Take some time to learn. Right? So, man, I'm a failure. This is my first failure, everyone. My first failure was being the uh, Luke 15 man. I was very, I was unwise. But now I'm trying to be this Isaiah 50 guy. Right? I'm trying to be this guy now. All right? So, now, number two, before we move forward, again, if you want to support the podcast, uh, we've already got three supporters, and I'm so thankful for uh, the monetary supporters that we have. Um, if you would like to support uh, the podcast monetarily, right, you can give 99 cents a month, 4.99 a month, or 9.99. Uh, you can go to www.anchor.fm/slash when the scriptures become real/slash support, and then you'll see the options there, and you can support us. So I'd really appreciate your support, and we're so thankful that you guys have found us. All right, so I'm a failure, man, right? I am a failure. I have failed, right? So I failed at being the right type of man, right? The right type of person. Then number two, it's a big one here, right? I failed at love with God and with man. So what does this mean? What does this mean? I failed at love with God and man. No, I'm not right now. I'm not about to bust out and sing some boys to men, end of the road, right? I'm not about to bust out and sing that right now, but 
I failed, right? I failed at this. And here's two big reasons why I failed at love with God and man. So remember in the book of Deuteronomy, right, when Moses had the law, right, he was talking about love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your strength, and your mind, right? Here's here's two big reasons of why I've failed at loving God that way. Reason number one, sometimes I failed at loving God that way because at the time, oh, it's not convenient for me. It's not convenient for me. Here's something that um, is very important to understand. Sometimes for certain things, and especially when it comes to spirituality, and I fall into this failure too, sometimes we feel like things in our lives has to be lined up or I have to be at a certain financial or mental level in order to start loving God the right way. That is, and I know people that teach that. That is the, the, this is not a word either, but that is the falsest thing ever, right? It's so false. Here's the thing about God. The thing about loving him and serving him, we have to start doing that now, right? Do it now. And so here's what I mean by that, that it's not convenient for me. You know, it's it's very, very easy to do this. Let me tell you a story. When I was in college, you know, I was advised that I could go, well, or no, this is after high school. So I graduated high school in 2011. And after 2011, I was advised that, hey, you know, I could probably go to a preaching school, whatever preaching school that was, and I could probably do well after high school. And so looking back, I decided not to go to preaching school, not because I didn't want to, because that was a goal of mine. I wanted to preach. But at the time, I was just, I can't explain it, but I was i was very fearful. And the biggest thing I was afraid of is I was, I was a good student, but the one thing that I was not good at was memory work. I was, I was terrible. I mean, I just, I don't have a great, at the time, I didn't have a great memory. And I thought at the time, that skill, there was no one in the world that could help me develop that, right? There was no one. And so I would look at some of my dad's memory work stuff. You know, I would talk to other students who went to school and they would talk about how crazy memory work was. And every time they talked about it, I was just like, man, I'm not doing this. So instead of going to school, what I ended up doing was I just went to college because, man, I just didn't want to I didn't want to go through it because I felt like I wasn't good enough. And so when I talk about convenience, sometimes it's easy to not do things for God because we'll make the excuse, well, I'm not ready for it. We'll make the excuse, well, things aren't lined up for me. We'll make the excuse, well, I don't have my life figured out yet, so I don't have time. I know what that's like because also what I know what it's like, I know what it's like to have to preach full-time, but I also know what it's like to preach full-time with no pay, and I know what it's like to preach and have to work two full-time jobs while you preach, while you teach class, while you do all I know what it's like. And I know what that temptation feels like saying, I'm too tired to study, to teach this class tonight. I'm too tired to even go to class. I'm too tired, you know, uh, to study for this class. I'm just, I'm beat. I don't want to do anything. And so when I was in that position, all I wanted to do was go home, put on Hulu, <laughs> watch, watch Hulu, Right. With a with a Papa John's or a Domino's right there and watch all 
1,000 seasons of Smallville, right? That was that was my one rest that I got throughout the day was no matter what happened, no matter how crazy things were going on locally at the church, no matter what was going on at work, I could go home, I could have a meal and sit there before I went to bed and watch Smallville. That was my that was my dessert, right? And so sometimes we get into this mode where that's, that literally becomes our life. Right. We just sit there, sit there, sit there, start over and then that start over. Right. It's I know that I've been in that cycle. But here's the thing. Growing with God. God is not going to wait for you for things to be convenient for you. He's been ready for you to start. He's been ready for you to start. And so sometimes we have this mindset with God, how we do with people. Well, with people, I can't do it because I don't have time. So when you think about this, growing with God means, you know, you have to learn, myself included, to grow with him when things are good, but also when you're tired too. Look at this example. Look at Acts 24. Acts 24. And I want to learn this verse number 25. And what Paul's doing here in Acts 24, he's preaching to Felix. And as he's preaching to Felix, you know, he obviously he tells him about the gospel, tells him about Christ. Tells him about baptism, all these things that the church gives. But notice what what Felix told Paul in verse 25. And so he reasoned, talking about Paul here, he reasoned of righteousness with Felix, of temperance, and of judgment to come. Felix, after he heard these things, he trembled and he answered, "Eh, go your way this time. But watch what he says here. When I have a convenient season, I will call for you. If you're taking notes in verse 25, circle that word I and circle the word I again at the end of verse 25. Here's how we know that Felix was somewhat selfish here. Paul said, look, it's right here. Righteousness is here. Judgment's here. The opportunity for God is here. But Felix said, you know what? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't really want to talk to you right now. So I want you to go. Then not only do I want you to go, but when I'm ready for you, I'll call you back. When I'm ready for you, I'll call you when the, when the season's convenient for me. That's how we do God. You have a man of God at the congregation that you're, that you're at. You know, you, you hear, you hear about righteousness all the time. You hear about how we should act all the time. You hear about the judgment to come all the time. But for some reason, whether somebody else is in your ear, right, or whoever it is, or maybe it's just yourself overthinking, sometimes we'll say the same thing as Felix. Well, you know what? That was a good sermon. That was a good class. That was a good study. That was a good whatever. But you know what? Come back. I'm not ready. Come back when there's a convenient season. Two quick things that we learned from Isaiah and Luke 15. Here's two quick things about that. Number one, if you say that there's a convenient season, number one, you'll never know if you'll get the opportunity again. You'll never know if you'll really get that opportunity again. But then number two, here's the dangerous part about saying, yeah, it's just not time for me yet. The dangerous part about it is you can catch yourself in this cycle and you can catch yourself in this um kind of in this 
almost in this trap where you think, you know what? You know, I, I got time. I got time. And the more that you think you got time, the more that you'll procrastinate. And next thing you know, the time that you thought you had, it's it's not there anymore. So Felix said, no, no, I'm not ready. So sometimes that's what I thought. You know, I got time. Uh, sometimes God, want, God wants you to start now. Start now. Then number two, another way I didn't love God the right way, I didn't love God like I needed to because I thought some things were supposed to happen in a spectacular way. <laughs> what does that mean? You know, sometimes I think what what movies have done, movies have kind of trained us that, and it's almost kind of given us a false expectation of how things in our life are supposed to go. So, you know, y'all ever seen movies where somebody loses a job and then literally they're at home and they're doing nothing. And then as they, they're doing nothing, like a new opportunity comes out of nowhere. Or, or what about those movies where, oh, this is my favorite, right? What about those movies where, you know, you get in a fight with your girl, you get in a fight with your guy, and no matter how bad the fight is, all the guy has to do is go outside, stand in the rain with his boombox, which when you really think about it, how safe is that, right? <laughs> to have a boombox out in the rain, you got your boombox out there on the radio playing boys to men end of the road, and then they automatically, automatically just happen just to forget everything that just happened. What? Like it, like it doesn't make any sense. And so sometimes when things happen in our lives, Sometimes we have an expectation that, all right, well, this is how I think things need to work out. Well, this is what my friend and this is what everybody else said. It worked out for them that way, so it needs to work out for me that way. See, sometimes we expect God to work things out for us because, well, I'm not a bad person. Or I'm trying. Or or I asked him for help. So because I've done those three things consistently, I deserve it. Look at this. Look at 2 Kings chapter 5. 2 Kings chapter 5, um, verse number 11. So if you don't know anything about this, Naaman had leprosy. And Naaman was told by a little maid to go see the prophet, and the prophet could heal him, right? So then uh, the prophet Elisha basically told Naaman, look, go to the Jordan River, wash it seven times, and you'll be clean. That's all you got to do. But then notice what Naaman said in 2 Kings 5.11. He said, first of all, Naaman got mad. <clears throat> he was wroth. And he went away. And he said, behold, I thought. He will surely, talking about the prophet, I thought the prophet would come out to me. And I thought the prophet would stand and he would call on the name of God. And he would strike his hand over the place and he would recover me. So basically Naaman said, look, I thought I was going to get a big show. Like, I thought you were going to heal me in, in, a, in such a spectacular, amazing way. But Elisha just said, look, all you got to do is wash them the Jordan seven times. You're good to go. And he said, well, no, that's not the way I want you to do things for me. See, sometimes we're that way with God. Well, God, I thought things were supposed to work out for me like this. But it's not. So we get mad like Naaman did. And so sometimes if we love God, like, number one, like, uh, I'll love you, but I'll only love you, God, when, when things are working out in my life. 
So when I'm not as busy, I'll give God more time. But the busier I get, I'll have to I'll have to give God time when I'm convenient. I've been there. Or number two, we'll love God. We won't love God the right way because, well, God, you haven't done things in a spectacular way for me. So I'm starting to lose trust in you because you're just not working in the way that I want you to work for me. See, I failed at that way with God, but I've also failed at this way with people. Right. Talking about I failed at love with people. One thing that um, that I've been taught right by faithful parents, by by the Bible, by other things is one thing that love always does when we talk about with God and we talk about with people. One thing love always does. Okay, learn from this mistake. Love always forgives. Love always forgives. But here's how we make this difficult. Instead of forgiving, what we tend to do sometimes, and myself included, sometimes we can make love a competition when that's not what it was meant to be. So for me, I'm a very competitive person. Those that know me very, very, very well, they know I'm very competitive. Right. So I loved I mean, I loved when I was playing sports, you know, when I was doing it, whether it was football for fun or basketball competitively, I loved competition. And so for me, even to this day, I don't care. And even then, I don't care how big you are. I don't care how strong you are. I don't care what you're trained in. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how I don't I don't care if we're playing sports. I'm going at you 100 percent. If you knock me down, that's fine. I'm still I love that. I love it. Right. I love the, the the grit. I love the fight. I love all that stuff. And so then after it's over, I'll give you a big hug like, yo, that was great. I was awesome. Let's do it again sometime. Right. But sometimes we make love a competition just like that. And so sometimes it's hard to forgive because we think in our competitive nature, well, I don't want the other side. I don't want her. and I don't want him. I don't want to think they just beat me. You know, I don't want them to think that. So at, at some point in our lives, whether it's been with with physical friendships with people, right, with guys, with 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 your boys, with your girls, with other people, sometimes with relationships, whatever it is, all of us at some point in our lives, all of us have felt hurt. All of us have felt used and all of us have felt like we got burned. All of us have felt all three of those. But when all this happens and if you're competitive, when this happens to you, we won't forgive because number one, well, I don't want them. I'm not going to forgive them after they hurt me or after they use me or after they burn me. I'm not going to forgive them because I don't want them to think that I'm easy. I don't want them to think that they can just do whatever to me. So I'm going to make it hard on them. Or number two, you know, I won't forgive them after they did that because I don't want them to think that they can do whatever they want to me. Or number three, you know, I won't forgive them because if I do forgive them after they hurt me, after they use me, after they burn me, if I forgive them, then it means that they win. So it means that not only do they win by hurting me and using me and burning me, but they also win by me forgiving them. And then they also win because they go off and get with whoever they want to. So they win and they still get everything that they want. I don't want that to happen. So therefore, since I don't want that to happen, I'm going to make it difficult. You see, love was never meant to be a competitive sport. But that's what we've made it. 
So the more and more that we act this way with God and with people, the more and more that you're going to find that you're going to become very inconsiderate. You're going to become very impulsive and impatient with people. And you're going to be very, very, you'll get hot real quick. And then here's the last thing. What you end up doing is you'll end up talking to everybody else about what the other person's not doing for you. And that's not fair. So sometimes we'll expect people, we expect them to do everything that I can do. So I can make time. I can drop some things, right? I can drop things from my schedule. How come you can't? They might think the same thing. I can make time for you. I can drop things. I can drop things from my schedule. So how come you can't? So then what we'll do, then we'll tell everybody else that we know what the other person isn't doing for us. Well, then at the end of the day, then we'll say, well, I guess that other person doesn't care because they're not giving up as much as I'm giving up. All that is, is, is competition. And other people will egg that on. Oh, he's not doing this for you. Say deuces to him. She's not doing this for you. Say deuces to her. Where's the patience? Where's the care? Where's the understanding? That's why in 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 6, that's why God is trying to give us a picture of how he loves us. And so if we can love like that, then we can love God better and we can love each other better. So here's two things as we as we look at this. How can we love God better and how can we love each other better? Learning from these failures. One, be ready to serve. Be ready to serve. So remember, what did Felix say? So Paul said, look, God God wants you. God cares about you. God wants you know all this, this stuff for you. So instead of Felix being ready to serve the God that loves him, Felix said, well, I ain't ready to serve yet. I'm not ready to give stuff to him who's given everything to me. So why don't you go and I'll call you back when I'm ready. You know, we do that with people too. Sometimes we see people that serve us and sometimes we'll kind of just take, 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 take what they got. See, sometimes it's so easy to do stuff like that. It's easy to get, and it's also easy to get mad at what someone is not doing for us. Why don't we just consider asking how we can help? See, here's where, and this is how we know that love is a competition. When you get mad and when I get mad at someone who's not doing something for us and rather than considering what they're going through and considering how we can help, what we'll do is we'll talk to everybody else about what they're not doing. One thing my parents taught me is, um, especially talking about service, one thing my parents taught me is that sometimes as a guy, there are some things as guy and listen to me, fellas, as from godly counsel here and ladies too, this is important too. Okay. My parents taught me that sometimes as a guy, there are some things that sometimes we just won't get in the moment, right? Sometimes we're, we're very, sometimes as guys, we're very like, we're very simple and we're very like, we need, we need a formula, right? We need an A plus B will always equal C. Like we need a, we're simple. And sometimes 
we need some extra help and we need some extra guidance to see what you want us to see. And guys, on the flip side of it, you know, we have to be willing to listen to understand what the other party wants us to see. But what happens is most times when love is a competition, instead of being patient with the man, instead of being patient with the woman, we'll run around everybody else and, and, and talk about what someone else isn't doing for us everywhere. And then, well, he hasn't figured it out yet. She hasn't figured it out yet. How come he hasn't figured it out? How come he hasn't? So you see everybody is kind of egging your side. Because remember, think about competition. What is a competition? Whenever you compete, one side wins, one side loses, right? No, no participation trophy stuff. One side wins, one side loses. So when you compete, obviously somebody and some things are egging you on that you're the better one out of the other one. So then you'll listen to all these other people and what they got to say about what you're not doing or what the other person isn't doing. And next thing you know, you know what? I'm the winner in this situation. You see, we have to be patient and we have to be ready to serve. Look at, look at Philippians chapter two, right quick. We're going to stay here for a second. Philippians two and look what Jesus did. Everybody else in the world, when it comes to relationships with God and people, everyone always says that you have to get what you can get. You have to do what you can do. And then advice that we get from people, he has to figure this out. She got to figure this out. Forget, let them. Why are we listening to these people? And the and the, here's the thing that just blows my mind. When we talk about a something that is of God, isn't isn't marriage and isn't loving God? Isn't that spiritual stuff? So if that is spiritual stuff, why do we listen to people that are not spiritual about how we should be in a spiritual entity? So it's kind of like if I'm a doctor and I had a question about somebody about how to how to uh, how to perform knee surgery. Why am I going to go to an engineer? Well, he works with his hands, too. It doesn't make sense. So so when we talk about, you know, godly things, why are we going to people that are not godly asking advice for how to deal with something that is godly? So no wonder, like Isaiah said. He said, you know what, when I actually listened to God instead of listening to everybody else around me, what they had to say, when I actually listened, then I actually started to understand. So now look at what, what Philippians said about service. Um, verse four, look not every man on his own things, but look also every man on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. But here's here's why we don't want to do this. Well, wait a second. It, it, it's too easy. I, I don't I don't I don't I don't want to always be thinking about what somebody else is doing. I don't I don't want to well Jesus did it. So if he did it, why can't you? Why can't I, right? So how can we love better? Always be willing to serve. Then number two, how can we love better? Here's a big one that I failed at too. Consider what the other person has to deal with. Always consider what the other person has to deal with. So in um, 
Ooh, where is this? Philippians chapter two, same chapter. Look at verse three. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. So when you think about consideration, right? Consideration is a simple word, but it's a tough word to implement in our lives. So when you think about considering something or consider what someone what someone's going through, here's how here's here's a here's a tactic that uh, I've learned about that'll help you to be able to consider someone else better. So sit down one day, or while you're listening, or whatever it is. Everything that you got to deal with, this is just you personally now. We'll use you as the example. Every single thing that you have to deal with throughout the day, I want you to list it. So I got to be at work. I got to deal with this. I got meetings. I got this. When I go home, I got this. I got to handle this. I got to pay this. Whatever whatever you got going on, you list everything. So then when someone else is in the picture, when that person doesn't do things in the time that you want them to, when the other person isn't doing things the way that you want them to, when the other person isn't dropping everything that you want them to drop, think about all the things that you're dealing with. Would you want someone to consider what you're what you're going through? Absolutely. Sometimes we got to put the ball in our court. Okay. Okay, maybe I can't do this. But I, I understand because I know what it feels like to have all this stuff on my plate. So start to consider what other people deal with. Start to consider, you know, the things that other people have going on. Because when you start considering other people rather than what's not happening for you, you'll start to notice that you'll start to look at the big picture of things. Okay. So not only have I failed at being the right type of guy, I failed at, uh, my love with God and man. But then number three, here's the third failure. I failed at faith. I failed at faith. So my faith needs some work, right? There's some, there's some things I got to work on still. Um, sometimes because of uh, how certain things go in your life, it's very easy to give up, isn't it? It's very easy to do that. And so I told that student, Hey man, look, I failed at this too. When I was in before school, in school, after school, I I failed in all three phases, right? Um, But here's the reason why my faith failed. My faith failed because in all those stages, I thought I was further along than what I really was. So let me let me break this down this way. As a preacher student, other than the instructors, right, who give you that the criticism that you need to hear other than them basically for two full years of your life, everything and everywhere that you go, you are told that you're awesome. You're told you're doing great. You're told you're amazing. You're told all good things all the time for two full years. And what this does this causes an imbalance and it, and it causes almost a false confidence. So no wonder so many preachers quit because when you leave and when you start preaching, the same stuff that you preach there, you'll preach somewhere else 
And then you'll have those that don't like you for what you preach. You have those that will leave because of what you preach. You will have those who will villainize you and tell everyone else to villainize you because of what you preach. And then people start realizing, hey, man, this is not this is not like school. So for that preacher student, two and two don't match. So one one thing of advice I told that young man was whenever someone tells you that you're good and you're great and you're awesome, and you're all this. Just take it for what it is and just kind of walk away. Don't kind of believe everything. And so the question becomes, and for me, that's how my faith failed. And I'm not saying that people had bad motives because people are truly trying to encourage preacher students. So I, I want to put that out there too. But when you when you do hear just great, 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 great for two years, you know, you, you kind of think that's what I am, you know, and that's where I was. So the question becomes, how do we get stronger? How do I get stronger in my faith and your faith? Here's one thing that um, that is very important to learn. When you talk about getting strong in your faith, and this is for everybody, so please listen. Gravitate to people who challenge you and who will be brutally honest spiritually with you. Who will be brutally honest with you. You know, when we talk about our relationship with God, And when we talk about our relationship with people, sometimes it's easier to gravitate towards people that tell us what we want to hear and tell us how great we are rather than going to the people that we know that will challenge us. One thing that is very important when you talk about any type of relationship and specifically, um, specifically a relationship that is between men and women, at some point you're going to want somebody. That's going to challenge you to be better. That's going to challenge you. But that will also support you to get better. Right? So those that know basketball, there's a guy on the Bucks, right? If you don't know him, his name is Giannis. All you got to look up is the Greek freak, right? That's all you got to look up, right? So he won the MVP last year. And what he said in his speech to his, I, I believe it's his fiance, he said, I know I'm gone. I know that um, I'm working hard and playing basketball and doing all these things. But he said, I'm so grateful that even though I'm doing all this stuff, you still challenge me to be a better man every day. You still challenge me to be a better father. You still challenge me uh, to even be a better competitor. He said, you can spend time thinking about yourself and thinking about this, but you challenge me to get better. And he said, I, I thank you for that. There's nothing I can do to give you to, to um, thank you for what you're doing. So think about that, guys. You want somebody that will not only say that you're great, right? That That's one thing. But you do want somebody that's going to help you to be great. Hey, let me help you. You know, if you're the one party, hey, let me help you with your communication. Great. Another party, if you're helping me com- with communication, let me help you with being kind. Great. Let's both help each other. But here's what happens sometimes. Sometimes. And this was my failure, too. Sometimes we'd rather listen to the flattery rather than listen to what we need to hear. So sometimes we have this scenario where we might have a family here or a family there, this family or this 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 group or whoever it is. This group will say, well, you're amazing. This group will tell you you're gr- you're doing great where you are. This group will tell you that, uh, you know, you're doing well. 
But this group, they'll tell they'll say the same thing. But what this group will do, this group will tell you how to get better. This group will tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. So quickly, here's a couple of verses that I want you guys to look at before we close here. <clears throat> Proverbs 29, 5. Bible says a man that flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. So those that just always just, you know, just flatter, 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 you know, it's setting you up. It's a setup for a net. That's the Proverbs writer. A man that flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. Does this mean you can't praise somebody? No. Does this mean you can't tell somebody that they did a good job? No. But when this is just constant, right, we got to be careful. Then look at this, Proverbs 28, 23. He that rebukes a man afterwards shall find more favor than he that flatters with his tongue. So he's saying, look, the rebuke of someone is better than someone who will just flatter you. Well, no, you don't need to do anything different. No, you don't need to. You don't need to change. You don't need to study. You don't need to do all that. They, they tripping over there. What you need to do, you just need to hang out with us and we'll tell you everything you want to hear. Be careful. Then Proverbs 27, 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Notice what he said. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. So if a true friend can come to you and say, hey, man, hey, look at this. Maybe maybe this is something you need to look at to get better. Maybe this is something that you can look at to, to you know, to grow. Faithful are those wounds. But the kisses of an enemy, they're deceitful. So the Proverbs writer is saying you'd rather get that wound from somebody that actually cares about you and your soul than get a bunch of kisses from somebody that are deceitful. That's powerful, isn't it? It's powerful. Guys, I failed, man. I failed. I failed at being the right type of man. I failed at my love with God and with other men and with other and mankind. I've also failed in my faith. But I'm learning to be a better man now. I'm learning to love God and to love the people that I know I need to love. I'm learning to to increase my faith. But here's what I want you guys to do, just like I told him. Learn from my failures. Grow from my mistakes so that one day that you can help somebody else do the same thing. I'm a failure. But I've learned from the failures, and I'm hoping to get better. Isn't that a, wasn't that just kind of a great text? Just looking at those things, and I hope that you guys can learn from this, and I hope that I was able to help you. And uh, again, if you guys ever need anything, just let me know. I right, just let me know. I'm I'm here to help, and I'm here to try to uh, help you be the best versions of yourselves as you can be too. So, we appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. Lord willing, we will be back on Monday with another podcast. So we're so thankful that you guys are here. Uh, continue to like and subscribe and share, and hopefully, Lord willing, we will see you on Monday. Thanks, guys.